Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Well, hey there. Thanks for listening to Leading Simple, helping make real life simple. You are listening to episode 180. And Merry Christmas to you, whether you're listening to this the week of Christmas, the week after Christmas, or maybe years in advance in the future, the year 3000, whatever it is, we're grateful that you're with us. But we're going to take some time today to celebrate Christmas. One of the best ways you can do that is to give a gift to somebody, and we're encouraging you to do that through the gift of giving life and education and medical care and help and healing to kids in impoverished nations. And we do that through Compassion International. And right now, if you go to Compassion.com slash Rusty, you can sponsor a child for around 40 bucks a month. We're talking about five or six Christmas lattes, eggnog lattes, peppermint mochas. Uh, These are dollars that change kids' lives. You can listen to some of those kids and how it impacted their life as they reflect back now that they're adults. Uh, on some of our bonus content with Kiwani and also Richmond. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Today, you're going to get to get an inside peek at our Christmas Eve service. And we uh, stream this to all of our campuses and, and obviously online and had thousands and thousands of people join us, but wanted to make sure you had a chance to hear our message of God with us, which is such a powerful concept that most of us overlook. God is with us. So Merry Christmas and enjoy this session today. Hey, Merry Christmas to everybody. We're so glad that you're joining us wherever you may be joining us from. I want to give a special welcome to all of our friends up in Lancaster right now, to those over in Simi Valley, to those in Canyon Country, to those online from all over the world, and to those in Valencia, both inside and outside. Uh, If you've been decorating for Christmas, odds are you have probably put up a tree and some lights and maybe a Santa and those kind of things. But you've probably also thought about seeing or put up a nativity scene. Now, there's a variety of different nativity scenes out there, but all of them include something like this, a manger, a place that symbolizes where Jesus was put after he was born. And I came across a variety of interesting nativity scenes. They're all over the place. Maybe you have some of these. There, of course, is the classic living nativity scene. Maybe you've seen these before in uh, different churches where they act these out outside. It's much easier to do this in California where it's a little bit more uh, um, climate uh, friendly, shall we say. Then there, of course, is uh, the canine nativity scene where you dress up dogs and they're a part of this idea. Then, of course, there's the hipster nativity scene. This is kind of a new one, but they got their segues and they got their drones and obviously their Amazon packages. Here's a neat one. For vegetarians, we got veggie tails. That's right. You got Bob the Cucumber and Larry the Cable Guy. I'm not sure what they're named, but anyway, all of the different veggie tails. And then, of course, there's the meat lovers. For those of you who are a little bit more uh, keto friendly, uh, you got a very keto Christmas. In fact, if we're doing Christmas last year in 2020, it would look a little bit like this nativity scene, a very Zoom type of Christmas. Well, the first manger is the most unlikely place for God to enter the world. 
I mean, think about it. In all the movies we've seen where the supernatural comes to Earth or even extraterrestrial beings come to Earth, it's usually done with quite a bit of fanfare. Yet when God himself decides to put on skin and to enter into our world, he shows up in a manger. Now, there is this historian and physician by the name of Luke who lived in the first century. He wanted to collect all the details about Jesus, and he did so by interviewing Mary and all of the disciples, and he gets all the facts and writes them down. This becomes our third gospel or the third book in the New Testament in our Bible. And this account is so, so helpful to understand how the birth of Jesus came about. Let's take a look at this passage. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Now, let's stop right there. I love that he's already talking about this in historical terms. In other words, it was at this date, at this time, under this reign. Not once upon a time, not in a land far away. This was real. He continues on. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem. Now, notice this. Back then, you had to go to your ancestral town to register for the census. They didn't come to you. This wasn't a thing you filled out online. They've got to walk from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem, which is about 90 miles. And Mary's pregnant. She's very pregnant, but they can't wait. They have to go. Now, maybe they rode on donkey. Donkeys were really for rich people back then. They were not rich. Maybe they borrowed a donkey. Maybe they just walked, but 90 miles by foot to get to Bethlehem. Now, when our second daughter was born, I thought we had it rough. We had to go 20 miles to the hospital down in Northridge, and that was by car. And my wife likes to point out that, yes, I did stop for Starbucks along the way. Sorry second child, you know? Anyway, they make this journey 90 miles to get to Bethlehem, and while they're there, she's ready to give birth. No more waiting. This is going to happen. Here's what Luke tells us happens. She gave birth to a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth, and she laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And so here's the scene. It's not like they roll in and Motel 6 says no vacancy. It's a little bit more like they went to all of their relatives. Nobody had a guest bed for them until finally somebody said, you know what, we've got a little bit of room out there where the animals are. And that could have been in like a barn or it could have been in a cave, but that's where they were supposed to go. And while they're there, Mary gives birth. And she has no place to put baby Jesus except the manger. And the manger was a place where you would, you would put the hay for the animals to eat from. It's a place that you would stock with hay before you went to bed in case Bessie got hungry in the middle of the night. And this is the place where God decides to enter the world. Now, this is not at all like you would expect and not at all like they expected. But think about it. Doesn't that kind of sum up our lives Not at all like we expected. I mean, think about just these last couple of years. I mean, it is not what we expected. Many of us at the beginning of 2020 had all of these big plans as to what was going to happen. And it just didn't work out the way you thought it would. 
I mean, some of it had to do with COVID, but some of it had to do with just life. I mean, maybe for some of, of you, your, your perfect, you know, kind of expectation began to fall apart when you suddenly had to change jobs. And then your life was kind of upset. You had to move or you found yourself losing a job or having to change careers. Maybe for some of you, it wasn't so much about your job as it was about your relationships. You went through a divorce. You went through an estrangement. You had to begin to deal with aging parents or maybe you have somebody in your family that's no longer talking to you because of your position on masks or vaccines or how you voted. And it feels like you've lost a loved one. Maybe for some of you, you did lose a loved one. You lost them through COVID or through cancer. And when that happens, life just seems to fall apart. And you're left with all the pieces of what your life used to be. Maybe some of you right now are feeling the effects of of cancel culture. And you're dealing with relationships that are done and intentions people judged you about that weren't necessarily true. And as a result, you're just stuck. And you're not really sure what to do next. Well, for all of us who have been there, you know what that's like. For all of us that have experienced that, you know it reveals something in you that you didn't know was there before. (laughs) I read somewhere that COVID kind of drained the water out of the lake and let us look at all of the junk left on the bottom of the lake. You know, all of the, the, the boots and the wallets and the car keys and the trash and the garbage. That's kind of what our lives are like. And maybe for you, COVID revealed you got an anger problem. You've got an OCD problem. You've got an issue with depression or anxiety. You've you got a codependency issue. You've got a substance abuse problem. Well, did you know that Jesus actually came to even deal with things like that? He didn't just come to help you get into heaven someday. He came to help bring heaven today. In fact, in January, we're going to kick off a brand new teaching series called Creatures of Habit, where we talk about some of the habits we've gotten into that really have made our lives fall apart or maybe have been exposed because our world fell apart. And as a way to get you ready for that, today when you leave, we want to give you a free gift. And if you're watching online, you can download this gift, the ebook version. And it's a book called Creatures of Habit, written by a friend of mine named Steve Poe. And it's a great, great study into how God can bring healing from all of these things in our life because all of us have moments where life falls apart and we have habits we want to break. So join us in January as we walk through that and pick up your free gift today. But where does that leave us today? For those of us who our lives have fallen apart, where do we find that kind of hope that we're looking for? Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe that's why you're watching right now. One of my favorite Christmas songs is the song, uh, Oh Holy Night. Talks about a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Boy, if there was ever a phrase to sum up our world right now, isn't it weary? I mean, when anxiety and and, uh, social distancing and all of our uh, confusion about laws and mandates and and what somebody said and and, and different ideas, uh, the, the fact that anxiety is through the roof and suicide continues to rise, especially with teens, I mean, where do we find the kind of hope we're looking for? I came across this video recently that was shot a couple of years ago 
a musician by the name of Penn Pennington, was a well-known guitarist, played many, many years at the Grand Old Opry, and he was dying from cancer. He happened to be in the hospital one Christmas, and, and he was looking for hope. And a nurse brought him a guitar, and she convinced him, let's sing a duet. And they began right there in the hospital to sing this song. Take a look at this. I get a little emotional just watching that. I mean, I think there's a reason that it kind of tugs at our heartstrings because we all are looking for the thrill of hope, even when all life falls apart. Maybe that's why you're watching right now. Maybe that's why you're here. And maybe you have had such a view of God that you thought God could provide nothing for you when it comes to hope. You know, over the past few weeks here at Real Life, we've been walking through many of our different views about God and how they seem right, but they're just a little bit off. Like many of us kind of view life like we're life over God. Like we basically tell God what to do. God's kind of an errand boy for us. Some of us view life like life is from God. Like basically God's supposed to just fix everything and make our lives perfect. And maybe that's why you're so disappointed right now. For some of us, we view life like life is under God, like he's kind of this taskmaster telling us what to do, and we feel overwhelmed. And for a lot of us, we feel like life is just for God, like we're just constantly trying to make him happy. And many of us have tried that, and it didn't work. And that's why you bailed, or that's why you never thought God was relevant to your life. There's no thrill of hope in that. And that's what makes Christmas so amazing, because Jesus comes to tell us that life is bigger than life over God, from God, or under God, but rather life can be with God. The first Christmas tells us where our hope really is. Now take a look at what one of Jesus' disciples tells us about how Jesus entered the world. And notice what he has to say about Jesus and who he is. Matthew writes this, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. 
His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's interesting to know here, the child gets two names and there were some names that were given to people because they would describe what they would do. And Jesus gets these things like wonderful counselor and prince of peace and mighty God. And 900 years before Jesus is born, he gets one name that's particularly used in this passage and is brought about by this angel, and that is this word, Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel simply means this, God with us. In other words, no longer is God out there. No longer is life under God or over God or for God or just from God. But now life is to be with God. In other words, he now will be with you. He walked our earth. He breathed our air. He felt our pain. In fact, one writer says it this way, which brings so much hope and encouragement for all of us. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Here's what that means for you and me. If you've ever been in pain, if you've ever suffered loneliness, if you've ever felt no one could ever know what I'm going through, Jesus says, oh, I do. And it's more than just an idea. It's a memory. You ever lost a parent? You ever stood beside a casket of a parent that passed away, maybe way before they were supposed to, or maybe at the appropriate time, but it still is painful? Jesus went through that. Jesus lost his earthly father, Joseph, when Jesus was rather young. And Jesus doesn't look at you and say, boy, that looks awful. He looks at you in your pain and says, I remember. Have you ever been lonely with temptation? Just kind of late at night, everything's piling down on you and you're thinking about making the wrong choice. Jesus says, oh, I get that. I was tempted by Satan himself to my face for 40 days while going without food and water. Jesus says, I I, I don't just empathize or sympathize. I remember what it is that you're going through. Have you ever lost a loved one? Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a, a coworker and you were just grieving over that loss. Jesus says, oh, I remember that. As he lost his friend Lazarus, who died at an early age. Have you ever been up all night dreading the events of the next day, pacing the floor, just kind of a bit anxious about 
what could happen next. Jesus knows exactly what that feels like as he waited in the garden, preparing to be arrested. He knew what was coming the next day. And he says, I remember. Have you ever felt that pain of your own mortality? Something that seems to get clearer and clearer the older you get and the more people that you know that pass away. And Jesus says, oh, I remember. I remember walking through the hills of Israel and seeing crucifixes up along the road and knowing one day. You see, when we cry out to Jesus in our pain, he looks at us and says, I get it. I remember and I am with you to walk you through this. When you choose to follow Jesus, you get more than just a future in heaven. You get heaven now. You get his presence today and you get never being alone because Emmanuel, God with us, has been born. But it's not just that. Jesus gets a second name. Did you notice that name? That is the word Jesus. And that name basically means he will save his people from their sins. That Jesus will save his people from their sins. Now, what does that even mean, sin? I mean, we like to, we like to talk about things like, oh, I made a mistake, or I shouldn't have done that, or I really slipped up there. We don't like to use the word sin. It sounds so ominous. But sin simply means missing the mark. And you and I all have moments like that. We have moments where we've missed the mark, where we thought we were going to be one thing and we weren't. We thought we were going to do something else, and, and we didn't. We have things that we basically thought we would uh, say the right thing and we said the wrong thing. We have words we regret. We have ways that we've hurt each other. We've had those moments we went out and we should have stayed home. We have those things that we regret. And you know what sin is. <laughs> because you've done that to other people and because they've done it to you. And you know what it feels like to have someone sin against you. You felt that pain. And because of that, you recognize how that feels. And here's what Jesus says. That's what you've done to your heavenly father. And because he's perfect, you have separated yourself from him and you got to pay that penalty somehow. But you're not worthy, nor am I. And so Jesus comes to not only be with us, but he comes to save us. He comes to save his people from their sin. He comes to save you and me from our bad decisions and our regrets. And Jesus comes so that you and I could have life and have it to the full. You see, there's this great verse that says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Romans 6.23 reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what Jesus does for us. He takes our place and pays our penalty because he had no sin to pay for himself. He paid for it for us. And because of that, Jesus does more than just be God with us, but Jesus is God who saves us.
and the manger always casts a shadow of a cross. This is the good news that the angels told the shepherds about. This is the good news that is for everyone. This is the good news of the thrill of hope that now because of Christmas, because of a baby in a manger and a man on a cross and one that comes out of a grave, we can have the thrill of hope. Hope that isn't just something that happens when we get to heaven, but hope that even happens now. And friends, this good news is for everyone. I mean, this is for school teachers and gang members. This is for those who are hungover and those who are counting their days clean and sober. This is for those with single moms, no moms, two moms, or stepmoms. This is for refugees and immigrants. This is for first responders, frontline workers, farmers and truck drivers, stockbrokers and meth dealers. This is for rednecks, politicians, factory workers, and foster kids. This is for Bruins fans and Trojan fans. This is for Dodger fans and Angel fans. This is for Raiders fans and those that don't have a gun. I mean, this is just for everyone. It's for those who have families falling apart and those who are Instagram perfect. It's for single people who desperately want to be married and married people who desperately want to be single. It's for young, it's for old, it's for everybody in between. It's for those collecting money from a pension or a trust fund or unemployment. It's for those who go to work in a business suit or those that go to work in yoga pants or those that don't work at all. This is for you. I don't care if you're an atheist or an agnostic. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It matters that it happened because it is for you. Now the choice is, will you receive it? And it brings great joy for all people. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I read a story a few weeks ago. It was kind of comical to me, but yet also a little bit... Uh, enlightening about our situation. There was a guy in Turkey who was out partying in the woods with some friends and uh, he got up in the middle of the night and kind of wandered off and, and fell asleep somewhere in the woods. The next morning, his friends and family were so distraught, he was gone, they, they got a search party together with a bunch of people from local neighborhoods and they began to search for him. The man eventually woke up and stumbled into this search party that was looking for somebody. He didn't know they were looking for him. He joined the search party and was trying to find whoever it was they were looking for until they began to call his name. And suddenly it hit him. And he said, oh, that's me. I guess I'm here. Now, how hammered do you have to be to be able to wander into your own search party? That's not the issue here today. The point is that sometimes we don't know how lost we are until somebody comes to find us. And that's what Jesus did. We didn't know how lost we were, but God came looking for us and he's come looking for you this Christmas. The question is, will you choose to follow him? Friends, whether you think you are a great self-made individual, the truth is you're following somebody, whether it's a teacher or a coach or a professor or a mentor or a boss or yourself. Here's my question for you. That person you're following, have they died and come back from the dead? Jesus has, and he claims to be able to bring that kind of power to your life. 
How about this Christmas? Instead of just believing that Jesus existed, why don't you choose to follow him? Why don't you choose to say yes to Jesus? Because his invitation to you and to me and to everyone else is not just believe in me, but follow me. What if this Christmas you choose to give the gift of yourself to Jesus? I'm choosing to follow you. I wanna invite everybody right now just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. And I wanna lead you through a prayer where you get to say yes to that invitation from Jesus. Maybe you've prayed that prayer a hundred times. Maybe you prayed it 20 years ago, but this is our opportunity this Christmas to say yes to Jesus, maybe for the very first time. Let's pray. God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he is now with us. I thank you that your spirit resides within us and that because of this, we can spend eternity with you forever. And God, for all of my friends who have never decided to take you up on that offer, I pray right now that they would do that. And if that's you, wherever you are, I just wanna invite you just to pray these words with me. Jesus, I'm saying yes to your invitation. I wanna follow you. I know that means that I won't be perfect, but I'll make my mistakes and you'll walk with me. And I'm choosing to follow you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Maybe you heard that message live and in person. Maybe this is your first hearing of it, but share it with a friend. Let them know the good news that God is now with us. And you can leave a review or a rating on the podcast as well. That would mean the world to us. You can connect with me on Instagram uh, at Rusty L. George. And please, before the year is over, make sure that you sponsor a child through compassion.com slash Rusty. Next week, uh, we are going to finish up this year uh, by having an incredible opportunity for us to join together in a, a, a great reading project for 2022. Make sure you join us next week. And as always, keep it simple. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.